I've been in with some really horrible, tough, crazy people, mm. Charlie and people like mm. I've never been this scared. Why? Have you ever been in a prison where it's massively kicked off, where it's out of control? Oh, mate, yeah. Used to get it all the time in the unit with the IRA. Do not have sympathy for these blokes, because yeah. they will shove it right up your ass. Yeah. But have empathy, mm. and that's a different thing. That's a... That could be me. I spent a lot of time with Charlie Bronson. Charlie only responds, really, to a certain type of officer. You've got to take a few risks, which I did on a couple of occasions. There was one occasion where we were going out on the yard. I want to go in and take the piss out of him. And he's going to take the piss out of me, and we're going to have a good laugh. Mm. And my mate, Sean, behind him, is there, and he's looking at me going... And Charlie's looked at me and gone, oh, you know what you've done now, don't you? You've made everyone hate you, and I f love that. <laughs> I never was nervous with him. I was respectful and he was respectful. 90% of a prison officer's job is de-escalation. People don't see that side. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you one of the most famous stories in Belmarsh. Welcome to the Eventful Lives podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to proper characters of all lived eventful lives. Do us a favour and hit that follow button and be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at Dodge Woodall, where we've now had over 100 million views. George Shipton is an ex-prison officer who is also known from Channel 4's hit series, Banged Up. George is a proper character and talked through working in the toughest prison in London, dealing with riots from the IRA and Al-Qaeda. He also works closely with Britain's most infamous inmate, Charlie Bronson. This is the eventful life of Mr. George Shipton. George, welcome to the show, mate. George, nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you become a prison officer in the UK's most dangerous prisons? So, I was born in uh, Camberwell, but brought up in Peckham, right, right on top of the Old Kent Road. Um, <clears throat> so, born, born in like most were down there, born in poverty, mm. and uh, but you didn't know it. Everyone was the same. So then uh, we got in the tower blocks in there. Just I was knocking around as a kid, really, with a lot of the people. I ended up banging up, really a lot. <laughs> you bang up a lot of me mates. But how I ended up, I left school. I was down for lots of exams. You know, I was I was a, I was always in the top tier at school. Mm. But I don't know, just itchy feet. I saw Thatcherism on the horizon. <laughs> Three million unemployed. So I got out sharpish and um, got my first job, lied about my age at 16, forged my birth certificate. <coughs> and uh, I've never been out of work since. And I've done just loads and loads. I've been traffic warden. I've been a telephonist. I've been a labourer. I've been an odd carrier, window cleaner, topless waiter. Topless waiter. Topless waiter. <laughs> I, you know, so I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've done loads of things. And then what happened was um, I'd met... My, what is now my wife, and uh, started to get me head down, like, you know, started to get sensible. I thought, just got to stop knocking around, like, you know. And um, I was window cleaning. I had a good window cleaning around. and was going nowhere, really. Mm. How, old, how old are you, roughly? So, you yeah, I'm now about... In your 20s? Mid-20s, 25. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I went, in, went, as you do, down the job centre, you know, mm. the land of despair, and I saw nothing down there. But there was a woman there handing stuff out. And it was at the time they were just finishing off. Uh, no, they just finished off building um, Belmarsh. I mean, it was just just done, about ninety one. Mm. And uh, she went, "Oh, you you look like a you look like a fit young man." I was like, you yeah. know, you're a fit young man. You fancy being a prison officer? Uh, <laughs> look, unless your old man is a screw, 
or you've got family in it or whatever, no one grows up thinking, oh, I want to be a prison officer. <laughs> yeah. like, no one yeah, thinks of that, yeah. really, unless you, you've got hooks in it. So I, I didn't think of being a prison officer. I just, it was the furthest thing from my mind. And it was at the time, just coming up to the time when Strange Ways Riot was on. Mm. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. She went, take that and have a think about it. And I looked at the money at the time, so like 16 grand starting. But when I was a window cleaner earning tuppence, so mm. I thought, oh. and I had to ask my mates, because mm. all my mates were criminals. Mm. And listen, it's only, and I'm literally saying this, mm. it's only but for a slow blue light. I wouldn't have been inside. Yeah. I won't ever go into what I've done, but mm. I've done some stuff with my mates and whatever, and I thought, if, I, if I'm going to do this, I need permission from my mates in mm. Bermondsey mm. to be able to do this job. And I chat with my um, fiance at the time. She's, well, I ask them then, phone them up. And I phone up, there's a pub down in Bermondsey called the Farriers, Farriers mm. Arms. And all, they're all down there. So it's a real criminal's pub. Yeah. So I phoned them up and I said, look, I'm thinking of becoming a screw. How did the lads feel about it? I spoke to me, mate, John. And he went, uh, give us 10 minutes. I'll ask around like that. So it came back. I'm like, it was like waiting for a job interview once. I was like, fucking hell, you know, because if they say no, yeah. I can't do it because yeah. I can't show my face down there. Yeah. And so all my mates, like, the word came back. Right, I've had a chat with the lads and they all said, if you become old Bill, don't come around here again. But screws are all right, so you can do that. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I said. She's sitting there, my fiance and now my wife. She went, What'd they say? I said, They said it's all right. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> I don't think any other screw ever went through that. Yeah. So put the phone down, I put in for it, and I'd give it absolutely. And it was in those days, it was really tough mm. to get the job. Mm. I mean, that the written test, only four of us out of 20 passed. Mm. And uh, there were some top people in that because mm. there was a recession on. There were some really high flyers who, who failed it. What was that What was that like for you, though, knowing that all your pals are criminals, they're yeah. all naughty, and then you're going to be a screw in probably a prison they've either been to or they're going to go to? Do you know what? It was... I don't, see, I'm, I'm not one who blow... And people who know me, like people like Kevin Lane, they'll mm. know what I'm talking about. I don't blow my own trumpet. Mm. But what I do hold with people is respect. Yeah. Because I always respect them, yeah. so it's a two-way street. And so I always knew that 99% of them would never take a liberty. And they'd be all right. Mm. And it's just doing a job. I had a job to do. I had a mortgage to pay, family to keep. And I did. I ended up opening the door on loads of my mates, you know, and only one ever asked me to do something illegal. Right, okay. And he was in, he was in with his code D, who was also my mate. So both my mates opened the fucking door, and I, I just went, open the door. And, it, and, it, and that's how it happens. You just go, you look at the names, you go, oh, it can't be. Open the door. And, it, oh, for fuck's sake. and they're both sitting on the bed. Like, oh, hey, girl. Like, I went, oh, what the fuck are you doing in here? Yeah. I went, kidnapping. Like this. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So I went, oh, for fuck's sake. I said, and my, so my level was, I'll see if I can get you a cleaner's job. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Ah, oh, sweet mate. Like one of them was proper on it. So yeah. he's gone, Wow, oh, sweet mate. Salt us out a bit, George. Like this. <laughs> and the gays were really black gays are just gone, wallop. Right in front of me. This is at the end of the end of the toes. I'm like, fucking hell. And he's put him on his ass, broke his nose, yeah. claret everywhere. And he stood over him and he's Don't you ever fucking put it on our mate? Mm. Put pressure on you. He, yeah, he, he went, yeah. Don't ever put it on him. Yeah. He's a straight goer now. Mm. And that's what he's doing. He's mm. got to pay his mortgage. You think he's gonna fucking put his life mm. on him, man? Because you want a bit of puff. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry, mate. I'm going to have a fucking word with yourself. Mm. And I'm going to bring stuff into you. Mm. 
And that really is the only time I was ever asked. What was your day-to-day like being a, a prison officer? Do you know what? It's a weird job it, for, for most of us. Because not it's like inmates, they're not all the same. Some do it quiet. Some, yeah. they're just like alarm bells going off everywhere you walk. They're hand grenades. Yeah. And some officers are like that. But if, you, if you're sort of a middle of the road, you just want to get through the day, you're not hiding from things, but you don't want to cause aggro. Yeah. Most of your day can be laughs, good piss, t- great piss taking between cons and the screws. Um, boredom. You know, there's an old saying in the prison service, happiness is door shaped. That's happiness what, is happiness door shaped. Happiness is door shaped. That's what you, it's first one, the first things you, you get told when you're a baby screw, you walk through, just say, right, sit your ass down there, get a cup of tea, they're on bang up. Happiness is door shaped. Yeah. And that's it, because when they're behind their doors, yeah. that's why most screws really didn't give two fucks about inmates getting TVs in their cell. If they're in there, they're not running around oh, the wing okay. causing yeah, havoc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So happiness is door shaped mm. to, a, to a screw. They just want to have a, most screws just want a quiet life. Mm. Did yeah. you not feel like you were going, you were, like you were going to prison? Did you feel like you were a prisoner in a prison or did you actually distinguish to know that you actually, this is a job, but I'm spending a lot of time behind bars myself? No, I never felt I'm spending time behind bars because I'm one of them philosophical thinkers yeah. that we're all in a prison of some type. Yeah. I don't give two fucks. Mm. If, you're, if, you're a, if you're a professional footballer, there must come a point, maybe 28, 29, where you look at your football and go, oh, I'm sick of the sight yeah. of spherical shapes. You yeah. know, I'm sick of them. So even the most beautiful job in the world can mm. sometimes you think, I hate this job. Mm. You know, like movie stars, that's why they go off their head, yeah. you know. So I just looked at it that you're in it, do the best you can. Mm. Do the best you can. But you, you can, when you're first in the job, you can take it home. That's the worst bit is okay. taking it home. Give me an example of how you take it home to the wife. Would you go back and say, this happened today, this happened today? Would you be wanting to relay stuff back or would it change your mood going back into your house? Depend, like at the time, we had a, a newborn baby. Mm. So particularly when I was in what I call the what we call the HSU, when I was in the What's HSU, the, HSU? the high secure unit in Belmarsh. So that's okay. the most secure unit in Europe. Is that a prison within prison a prison? within a prison. Is that right? Is that in South East London? That's in South East London in Belmarsh. And that was that was not, no keys. Everything's electrical. Excuse me. Everything's electrical opening. You've got helicopter. It's, it's not even helicopter wire. It's cage. Everywhere's cage. You know, the only thing that's got a, a key is the cell door. And that's it. You've got no keys to any gates at all. Everything's people watching you on camera. Everywhere you go, you're watched on camera. Um, and it's... The worst of the worst, and when you're when you're going into that, and it was literally like a war zone, mm. you can't explain it to people. Yeah. You can't explain it to the wife. She's had the kids screaming all day, yeah. and so really, you bottle it up. Yeah, you know, you do bottle it up. And I remember just one. I will mention his name, a prison officer, Andy Saunders. You you always pick one screw. Where you think, I like the way he works. He's good. Yeah. He's not a bully. Yeah, he's 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 a good laugh. He's a Cockney. He's London. Mm. You know, West Ham fan, but I wouldn't. He's obviously a him. top lad. Something, something wrong with him mentally. <laughs> but so I said, like, I'll follow him, and he walked down the corridor with me at the end of the day, and he could see I was like shaking at the end of the day one day, and he went, "Look, you come in at seven, they're banged up. You go home at seven, they're banged up. What happens in between, it don't matter. Yeah, just get through the job." He yeah. says, "But when you hand your keys in, leave it there, and go home." Okay, and that's it. 
but you can't. In Belmarsh is a real tough prison in itself, right? Right. So I was. I'll tell you how it happened. Right? And then I, inside I, of Belmarsh, there's there's an HSU, which is a high security unit. Right. Within that prison. Right. So so that's was set up by Thatcher mm. to house primarily mm. to house the IRA on mainland Britain. Is that right? Yeah. So it was even shaped like you know like like the H blocks or whatever. But they were cross. It was a mini version of the big prison. Yeah. And so each spur would have twelve cells on it. Yeah. And the IRA, because they're all co-Ds, you know, co-defendants, and yeah. they've got to be able to discuss their case, they was all situated together. So you could have nine IRA on one uh, one spur, you know. And once they – you have to go in with a, a, an open mind of don't be – don't don't fall into the trap of they're nice people or they're this or that. Just stay rigid. Stay rigid. Yeah. Treat them, treat them like human beings. Yeah. So how I ended up on the HSU itself, mm. I'd already done two years on normal location. Mm. A normal location on Belmarsh is a mixture. You could have, in this cell, geezers in for spying. In this cell, like it could be a city fraud, handbag snatcher, mugger, non-payment of television license. So it is completely mad, right? Drugs, whatever. Mm. So it's it's... One minute you're talking to a lord, mm. the next minute is, oh, God, sort out a yeah. pillar for me. you know. Yeah. And so you're up and down all over, your head's all over the place. And it's a madhouse. Mm. So I've done two years and then I finally just went, I actually stood there on the wing one day and the geezer came up to me and went, God, if I don't get a new pillar, I'm going to smash up. And you hear that all the time. And I just went, oh, and I just turned around, I went, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Went, what? I went, just, I give the clipboard to one of my schools I was working with because I was IC of the spur, in charge of the spur. I went, here, take this. I said, I've had enough here. And I walked up the spur. Mm. And I went up and saw my governor. And at the time in Belmarsh, to work in the HSU, you had to be dragged. No one in Belmarsh at that time wanted to work in the HSU because it was cell fires. It was it was sit-down protests. It was mini riots. It was, it was assaults on staff. It was always going off. I mean, you dear daily alarm bells going off HSU, 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 because it was such a mixture. You had the UVF there. With What's the, the UVF? I, so the ultra-volunteer force, so the Protestant side. Yeah, okay. Of, well, in the same? In, in the same prison. Right, in, so you had them upstairs at that time. Yeah. They did move them eventually, but you had you had the IRS. So you could keep them apart as long as you kept the movements, yeah. right? Then you had... But they became shouting at each other. Abusing oh, each other, all yeah. the time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you had that, and then you had, you had blimey, we had Italian Mafia, we had Colombian cartel members. We had all sorts in there at that time. So it was just bouncing off the walls. And so I went in and saw my governor, Paul Carroll, and I just said to him, can I have a word? He went, yeah, what's up? And I was respected mm. on the wing. And I just went, I want off. And he went, because I was waiting to become a physical education instructor, yeah. which took me a few years. So he said, uh, what do you mean you want off? I went, I've had it. I said, I've done two years here. I've had enough. It's driving me around a fucking yeah. twist, this place. I said, I want a challenge. He said, where do you want to go? I went, I want to go to the HSU. And he went, no one wants to go to the HSU. And I went, well, I want to go to the HSU. Yeah. I said, I want a challenge. Because my me, me, me granddad was Irish. All my family were Irish. And my granddad used to run guns mm. in the 1930s mm. up to the north. So he was part of that. So mm. it, the, the IRA sort of thing didn't really put a lot of fear in me. If you know, if mm, that's the, yeah. I don't understand that. Blase. No, no, I, yeah, I was yeah, sort yeah. of brought up in an Irish yeah. Republican out family. We're not IRA as such, but it was always that way, you mm. know. So I thought, no, it's only a fucking accent. It's a fucking 
way they're going to be with me. So he went, you want to go? I went, yeah. He went, you're the first one in Belmarsh ever to ask. I said, I don't give two fucks. Mm. He went, hold on, I made a phone call. He went, right, you start Monday. Now, now you couldn't do that. They have to have a training course. Yeah, okay. It was just report Monday and crack on. Get yourself in there. Honestly. Was it? Yeah, and then you were in the deep end with the IRA and all mm. that. And so I got in there and most people were like, you know, you asked. I went, yeah. So I went in there and I thought, oh, fucking, I didn't say anything. I just thought, oh, I fucking love this. Did you? I fucking love this. Now, I'm no braver or anything yeah, like that. I'm no, yeah. I'm no courageous, you know, any, any more than the next man. But it just tickled me. I just thought, no, nah, now nah, I'm doing something here. This is more. This is what I want, you know. Is it because they were another level of criminal that made you think, you know what? There was no ambiguities. Yeah. There was no, there was no uh, grey area. Yeah. There was, you fucking knew that given half a chance, they will fucking stripe you up. Okay. You know, that you've got to be, number one, you've got to be close with the staff you're working with. Mm, for trust. For trust. Yeah. So, and that, 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 that when, when I say that, you will always get certain types of screws who like working with certain types of screws. Mm. So if they're fucking piss heads and they don't like a fucking working and yeah. stuff like that, generally you work with them, but yeah. you don't gel with them. Yeah. But like we were all gym lads, you know, all the lads went down to gym mm. and all that. And not, I mean, some tough lads, ex parachute mm. regiment, ex Royal Marines I worked yeah. with, real tough lads, but they weren't bullies. Yeah. They could stand their ground, but they just, like, you know, when you meet someone and you think, no, he's, a, he's an art bastard, but they're humble. Yeah, there's nothing better than that. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Because now you can go in that shift yeah. and, you know, you think, oh, I'm on the wing with, like, Tom Ray, but people like that. He think, ain't going to wind people up. He ain't exactly. Gonna people, yeah, it's going to be yeah. spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have, you know, Sean yeah. Rush, people like that. You think, I'm working with quality officers. Yeah. And there was some quality, quality officers there. Mm. So because of that, I thought that, first of all, got me into it. And then the, go the governor's got to be good. The PO's got to be good. So the PO, what's the PO? The principal officer. Okay. Is you know, he above? The, is the governor the top dog? The, the governor's the top. Yeah. And then you've got the principal, two principal officers for the two shifts. Yeah. And then you've got the SOs, the senior officers. Okay. And then us grunts on the ground okay. at the teeth end. Yeah. But in there, because you've got the governor of the HSU, it weren't like a like sometimes on a wing where you very rarely in them days used to see a governor. Yeah. The governor had to come on every day. Okay. And stand their ground. You've got three or four IRA men shouting at the governor. You had to have a strong governor. Yeah, okay. And we had strong governors. Okay. So who would back the staff, who would take the ship from the IRA or the UVF or whatever, and they would take it and you'd look at them and go, that's all right. Yeah. So you you your own solid team. They really were. Yeah, that's good to hear. And it, it we was, have to be. You Jesus, have to be. And, be and, yeah. and, and it's also a place where if you do as an officer mm. take a liberty with a, with a con, Mate, you're, it's it's such a stupid thing to do. Because Give me an example of so an officer taking a liberty with a con. Well, if we if we were to do, for instance, I was taught when I was at officer training school, one of the best things you get taught is when you do control and restraint, right? So it's the most painful thing. And I can tell you when we did it on the IRL, yeah. I'll tell you a story about yeah. it in a minute. But you do the control and restraint, so you've got a wrist. Now, to Give me an example. So, Don't uh, do it. No, so it's just there. <laughs> so you just... Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. I get it. I get it. So that, that you bend it's, them it's up and It's based on jujitsu. Yeah, okay. So you twist them up and the old build can't really do it. So the screws, we laugh at them when they're trying to wrap people up yeah. and sit on the street or something. Yeah. Screws just be in there, three-man team, bosh, yeah, one okay. on the head, two on the arms, and then you finish off. What, them. A, what a knee on the head? No, you never put a knee on the no. head, no. So you just hold them so that you can, they can breathe. Yeah. Your hand, keep your hand away from their, from their bite, trying to bite. Yeah. They do try and bite. Yeah. 
you know, and then, then you take them to the floor. Yeah. But then when you get them to the cell, you have to strip search them. So Complete strip search? Complete strip search. So you've got to do that while they're all in locks. Right, okay. And we have a system on be able to do it. So say, that, for instance, I'm on there. Yeah. Right? You can, and I've seen it, the odd screw, give a one in the ribs. Dig in the ribs, yeah. Right? Now, if the con clocks who you are, yeah. This is in a unit where there might only be about 30-odd, 35 inmates. Okay. That word goes round. Yeah. And these are people who are doing 20 lumps. Yeah. Right? Or care. who are staring at life. Yeah. yeah. Your, your days, your days, you're, you're going to have a, a hard time. You yeah. do that to one of the IRA, you're going to have an hard time. Mm. So I'll tell you something. When we, when we did use restraint, control and restraint, it was the funniest punch-up I've ever been involved in in prison, bar none. Mm. So the story was, like I said to you earlier, no one wanted to go to the HSU. Yeah. So, and I will mention his name. Yeah. We had an officer called, uh, and he's still in, he's still in he's there, called Bertie Brewster. Right? That was his name, Bertie Brewster. <laughs> he, he, was, he was Brewster, but his, yeah. his nickname was Bertie. Yeah. So Bertie Brewster. And he was really a funny, funny officer. Well-liked, well-respected. So even though he was doing what he was doing, I'll tell you what he was doing in a minute, no one had the ump with him. Everyone thought, oh, all right, but we know what you're doing. You're working your ticket. Yeah. So they sent him to the unit. They said, you two years are up in this house block. You're going to the unit. And typical, but I'm not fucking going to the unit. They went, well, it's tough. Everyone has to do a spell in the unit. You're going to the unit. Now, me, I'm thinking, there's nothing wrong here. You'll yeah. like it. So he went, oh, I'll go. He said, but I want to start on nights so that I get a feel for the place. Like that. So he'd done a deal with one of the officers, and he'd done nights the first week. And this is when the trouble started. Because Bertie knew the book. He knew the rule book. Mm. He knew the law book and everything. So he was going around on the hour, every hour, which he's entitled to do, and banging on doors of the IRA men. Right? Every hour through the night. Just to wind them up. Show movement. No. Legally, that's Legal, what you're meant that right, to do. Because okay. they're high risk at A. So you've got to give them a knock every hour. I mean, what you do is, what you actually do is, yeah. is you open the flat, you see him move in bed. You know it's him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, common sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, keep fucking yeah, yeah. waking yeah. them up. Yeah. But Bertie says, I have a right. He said, I've got a right. To, if they're not moving, I want to see movement. I don't know if that's a shop dummy in there. Yeah. So what he was doing was every night, on the hour, going through the night, knocking on the IRA men's doors. <laughs> well, this, the night started by about Wednesday, Thursday. By Wednesday, the IRA wanted to meet with the governor and the PO. And they said, and they actually said to him, if he does this again one more night, you're going to have a kickoff. We're going to have it like this. So everyone was up, but please don't. Because they're all on the same spur. Yeah. It's nine IRA <clears throat> men. Please don't. So he's like, he's gone around that night. He's done the same thing, winding them up all night. Because he knew that he couldn't show his face ever on the unit They'd have, for his own safety. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. And so we all come in in the morning. Right, straight upstairs, straight upstairs, there's a meeting with a PO. He wants to talk to you. Spence wants to talk to you. So he goes in. And I'm standing there, and there's about 15 or so officers in there. And he's gone, right, West Country bloke. Wait, I think there's going to be a kick up this morning. He says, I think the IRA, and as he said it, alarm bell, spur to, like, you know, fucking hell, they've kicked off, right? So what they've done is they've served them up breakfast, the IRA, and there's three, I think it was three starving there. As I've run on, there's fucking porridge 
everywhere. I mean, it was like it'd been it's like the plasters had come in with porridge. <laughs> it was everywhere. TV was on its side. There was a, I think there was a fire going off, something like that. <laughs> they kicked, they planned it all. As soon as the doors were open, they were going to go. So now you've got screws right, and it was just a case of run at an IRA man, up him, grab hold of an arm, and wait for one of the other cavalry to grab the other arm. So I'm rolling around the floor. You know what? I'll, I'll, no, I can't mention his name. He's an IRA man, but he was a top IRA man. He's got a nickname? Mac. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Right? Mac. And so, and he was a very forceful character at the time. He was a real mouthpiece for the IRA. Mm. Really, real strong, strong character. And I'm grabbed his arm, and I put him, and I done by the book, put him in a wrist lock. But as I'm putting him in a wrist lock, he's like this, and I'm like this. And we're seeing screws come running on to this porridge laden floor going <laughs> woo, woo, like this and, and he's he's in pain yeah. but he's laughing yeah. and I'm laughing so I'm thinking it's like blazing saddles it's just like fucking screws just come flying on all over the place so we got him wrapped up and we took him down a block in the unit and um, we stripped him Figure four, it's called a figure four leg lock, which is very painful. Figure four leg lock? Yeah, you put their legs in a figure four like that. So that's one leg. Yeah. That's the other leg. And then a man puts his knee there and his knee there. Yeah. And then he's over the top. And you can pray. And then he brings the arms up to the middle. Right, okay. He holds the legs and the arms so you can spring out and get out the door. Okay. And then he springs out. We pull him out and shut the door. So the the, the assailant is left in there, bollock naked. Yeah. So Mac, Mac, I call him, he... He's banging on the door. So we're like, fucking hell, I'm smothered in porridge, got to have a new uniform. <laughs> so he's going to, and I, I'm, I'm not bad at your Northern Irish accent, so he's going to, Mr. Shepton, Mr. Shepton, open the fucking flap, open the flap, like this. I said, Mac, if we open the flap, I said, and you gob at me or anything like that, I said, we're coming in. I hate not fucking gob at you. Come on, open the fucking door, like this. <laughs> open the flap, like this. So I went, Right, you promise you're not going to do anything. I look, I'm a man. So I'm not going to do anything. I want to talk to you. Like that. So I went, all right. And they were flaps. So I opened the flap. I went, what do you want? He went, put his hand through like that. He went, put it there. I went, well, what are you doing? I've never had this. Yeah. I went, what are you doing? He went, put it fucking there. Like that. So I shook his hand and he went, let me tell you, he brought up on the bog side. He says, I've had some beatings. He said, I've had some pain. I've never had pain like that in my fucking life. He says, <laughs> you boys know your stuff. <laughs> he says, and none of you took the piss. Yeah. Fair play. I have great respect for you. Like that. And we shook hands like old <laughs> mates. <laughs> and after yeah. that, like, I, it was, there was an inner respect we, yeah. we had for each other. Just a good laugh, like, yeah. you know. So I used to take them for five sides and things in the yard and do like, all right, drug dealers versus terrorists. <laughs> like this. And then Mackie the chap, he chap, we're not fucking terrorists. We're freedom fighters. That's what he used to say. They were funny. You know, but now and again, it could turn iffy with them because they would, I would say, working with the IRA, it was like you had a a begrudging um, respect. Yeah. You hated what they were doing, obviously. Fucking hell. Some of their own people hated what they were doing who were banged up. You know, you 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 had assassins with guns who wouldn't talk to the bombers. There was a hierarchy. They, within the IRA? Within the IRA. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one particular fella. He wouldn't talk to the bombers. He talked to him, but he, he, he didn't have no respect yeah. for him. He said, you should look the eye the man in the eye when you shoot him. Yeah. He shot, um, and he ended up, I think he shot a copper in Canary Wolf. Exactly. But he said, I'll, I'll look him in the eye. He said, and 
let them know he's killing them. He said, and uh, and so you add that, and you you just it's their their intelligence network. You just look at it and you think, fucking hell, you know, it's just second only to MI five at yeah. the time, you know. So and and you would see things that were just sometimes, which is one of the reasons I used to love working in the unit. Just see things and you think, this is a strange job I'm in. This yeah. is the strangest job. Where I remember one day we had um, I'm going to call him the Colonel, so he was known as the Colonel. And they had a ranking system, the IRA. And um, they always, if you show them that line, the IRA, they'll go right up to that line. And then they'll just slowly but surely push that line okay. to try and see where your will is. Yeah. Psychologically, uh, uh, how strong are you yeah. to stand up against six of us mm. or seven of us when we're sharing at you? And, and, and so you've got to be really strong. And so bless this officer, he, he, he had, um, owed the, well, he said his name, we had the colonel, and he was in on a, a visit, and and he apparently started talking Gaelic mm. during the visit. Now, some people go, oh, just ignore it, it's all right. Now, end of visit, these people have come over flown from Dublin. <laughs> Don't care. Yeah. End of visit. What your attitude would be, end of visit, out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. We need to hear what you're saying. We need to know what you're saying. So when on a, on a visit, where are you standing then? Right, so on a, ca- on a high-risk high yeah. cafe visit, yeah. so I would literally be sitting here, yeah. and then you'd have two chairs... There, yep. two, usually two, and then you'd have a screen, and then the inmate the other side of that screen. So you'd be on the visitors' side, oh, okay, listening, sitting with a newspaper, but actually listening to everything they're saying. Okay, you know, most of it's un- uninteresting, but now and again you hear, all right, that's interesting, mm. right? you know. But they they're not allowed to start clock cracking on in other languages unless it's prearranged, mm. and there's an interpreter there. Yeah, okay, okay. So so he starts cracking on in Gaelic, and they. Right, visit over. Oh, no, we've come from Dublin. Don't give two fucks. Yeah, out. End of visit. So he's brought them back. And me and this officer, Carl, where's Carl Morning? We're sitting on the wing. And the IRA is sitting there. They're watching telly, Richard and Judy or whatever. Or they're, they're playing pool. No bother. Mm. We're just sitting there because we're that type of school. We just used to have a lot of them. And then Odevere appears. So you've got about six IRA men there. And uh, he comes up and he goes, uh, right, stand up. Like this. And I'm sitting there with my mate. And they stood up like you'd think they were in the British Army. They stood up to attention. He went, right. Naked on the exercise yard. Hunger strike. Dirty protest. And he he starts giving out. Yeah, starts giving out jobs. Like all the things they've got to do. Hunger strike, whatever. Dirty protest. And they said, okay, Colonel. Saluted him. About turn. Started taking their kit off and all that. So got, they're all naked. Mm. And I, I, I said, it's a weird job. It's a weird job. I said, I said, it's such a strange <laughs> job, isn't it? You don't let it get to you. don't yeah. think, oh, what am I yeah, going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Laugh a it off. strange mm. job, this is. What do you do when someone's on a hunger strike? Well, really, hunger strikes where you're sort of used to. Um, Give an example of a hunger strike. Do they tell you on a hunger strike? No, or are they just throwing the food out. The thing is, they only start the hunger strike on. They start it on the on the on a, on any uh, house block or in the unit or whatever. Yeah. And once it gets over a certain amount of time, say 48, 72 hours, they put them in a unit. They put them in a healthcare unit. Okay. So that they've got medical assistance yeah. there, and then then they're in the hands of the professionals. Yeah. Because we have not got time. Yeah, of course, worrying about people they're eating. Or not. Yeah. No, yeah. you're not going to eat your dinner. Yeah. Most of them. They're getting Mars bars handed to them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Left, right, and Have you had any other strikes you've been involved in? Have you had dirty any riots? Protests. What's a dirty protest? 
Um, well, I've, I've actually had, that was the that was one of the a little I want I can't remember his name actually, but he was he was one of the ones he got given a dirty protest. So they smear shit all over themselves, and they smear it everywhere on oh, on in their, their cell. cell. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere in their cell on themselves. I've even uh, one time that was the, that geezer when he did it the once to me. He went governor like that, and he put shit on his dinner, and he picked it up and ate it in front of me. Oh, oh, they, they, why, why? <laughs> There's a protest that you've got to now work with them. You know, you don't you don't actually as a screw in them days. You don't actually have to work with a dirty protest. They mm. rely on your volunteering because you've got to wear hazmat suits, mask, everything, just to open the fucking door. So and you get paid in them days. You got paid five pound a day extra. What to go and do that? To go and deal with oh. someone smearing this in their own shit. So if someone smearing their own shit in their cell, what was what was what was the thing you had to go and do immediately? Put a suit on and go in there yeah, and open hazmat. the door and what and wrap him up? No. He's, he's doing a dirty protest. So you just keep him in cellular confinement, you know, and that's the way it is until you get the word from the, go- the governor of what... He, the governor will always try and... You always try and negotiate mm. and get them out of that. Out of the cell? No, out of what, out of what they're doing. See, prison officer, 90% of a prison officer's job is de-escalation. Mm, okay. That's all you ever really yeah. deal with. Calm because, things down. It's because the man who's just had a phone call will take what his wife's just said to him the wrong way. Now his mind's going 100 mile an hour. She's fucking somewhere in Stoke Newton and he's fucking doing his, he's yeah. doing his head in and he's up on the ceiling mentally. Yeah. So you've now got to bring them down continually, continually from one cell to the next, continually unwind their clock yeah. and get them relaxed. And that's really what it is. So you try and... British prison officers are different to every other country, mm. in my experience. Well, give me an example why. Well, so for instance, when I was in the HSU, they did send over a, a contingent of American prison governors, mm. call them Waldens, and they came over because they wanted to see how our HSU was working. Because compared to their type of same system, yeah. they were getting like three hundred percent more assaults on staff and whatever. Yeah. So they wanted to see what we did. So they came over and they're just fucking scratching their head. They were like, "You talk to them." <laughs> Like, you know, you, you play pool with them mm. and you, you play cards and everything and have a laugh at them. We've seen you joking with them. Mm. Like, it's the British way. Yeah. So, well, yeah. You know, the, the man who's laughing with you is probably 30% less likely to stick a knife in you. Yeah. Ain't gonna eat, make dummy one. Mm. But there is a connection there. And not to be honest, but what do you want to go and work and just be an angry bastard yeah. all day yeah, yeah, for? Yeah. Do, you think, do you think that for someone who doesn't know the prison system would look in prisons and go... Why have they got pool tables? Why are they watching TV? Why have they got their own cooking facilities in their room? Do you think like that should yeah, those be allowed? Per, those, or... pe- those people never ever become prison officers. Yeah. Right. Because you want to be if you want to rehabilitate. This is where I've always said Britain does have a problem with itself. Yeah. Because we do like to be think of ourselves as the most fair-minded people, mm. the most tolerant people, and whatever. But we also do love a pound of flesh. We do like some pain dished out to the people who've done us wrong. Yeah. Okay. So we we can be quite vindictive in that way. So we haven't we haven't really come to terms with as a nation because we're either this way or that way. Of like the Norwegians and people like they've made their mind up. This is the system we want. Mm. The Yanks have the system they want, mm. which is basically slavery as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. But they've all got these systems in place. But the British is neither in nor there. Yeah. It, you know, it, it can be quite, it, it wants to be quite draconian, but it also wants, it doesn't want to send, you know, people, new, newly formed criminals back out on the street. But yeah. unless you invest, unless you invest, and, and investment 
it really was, in my view, we did the best work around about the mid-90s mm. when they were investing. You know, 94, 94. Is that when it changed, was it? Is that when they no, it the... changed. And I am a Labour voter, but it was it changed when Labour got in, in 97. Okay. That's when it became obsessed with targets. Okay. Obsessed. An example of targets would be? Key performance indicators. You know, you just got time out of cell. Didn't matter what they were doing out of cell. Yeah. So, uh, and but that did start with, that also came in some of that with Michael Howard as the uh, Home Secretary when we had... Drug fines were down. Mm. So that meant that there were less drugs in prison. Mm. No, it didn't. It meant that we were finding drugs at the gate mm. and you weren't reporting it to the police. Yeah. You were just chucking them in the bin. Why? It made him look good in the, the right. dispatch box, didn't okay. it? Under us, yeah. there's less drugs in prison. Well, there ain't. Okay. It was all dressing the figures. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like what Mark Twain said. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah. yeah. That's true. the truth. You so can dress truth, a statistic yeah. up however yeah. you want to do it. Whereas those of us who are on the front line, I wasn't obsessed with statistics. I was obsessed with, I had five inmates who I was a personal officer of every mm. day and doing my best for them and my, doing my best in the job Yeah, with my colleagues, got their back, getting a big, just doing a good job, mm. you know, and you didn't need to get obsessed about numbers and stuff like that. I mean, I'll tell you one, one story, right? about the sort of work that goes on in there, that was going on. Mm. And it's probably still is going on. But when you became an officer, you got sent to your prison and you you went, I, I walked up on our spot for absolutely crapping myself my first day at work. But just to let listeners out there, out there you're a big man. You can handle yourself. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of cons in there will think twice about having a go at you. So no. you're in you're in a fairly good position. To yeah. Think once you them. start thinking like that, you are you're in a world of trouble. Yeah, you are. But you've got a lot of respect for people. People have got respect for you. But you can also handle yourself. But that has to. Yeah. But that respect has, has to, to be, be earned. Earned. Absolutely. And it takes it takes. So when you're a new screw, you've got to take. You, it takes your time to learn your jail, what they call jail craft. Yeah. Okay. So that's your prison persona because you know the laughing, piss taking, joking fella you are at the prison ain't the one you go home as. Yeah. So it's like as you get in the gate in the morning, you put on your prison persona. Yeah. Now, who that prison persona is, that takes 18 months to yeah. work out who you are as a mm. screw. And then, so when you first go on, you go, you go, right, reporting for duty, blah, blah, blah. You've got them five cells. They're your personal inmates. And that's what they used to have, personal inmates. So if those inmates had a problem with probation, whatever, they come and see you. Yeah. You could have some absolute nutcases. Mm. Right, coming to see you, or in your it was whoever was in those cells. So I'm about a year and a half down the line, and I'm more experienced, mm -hmm. and blah blah blah. And we get a new con on board, and I will not say his name because because of the story you're about to hear. Okay, but he was ten years as an escape list prisoner. That means he was in yellow and blue overalls for nearly ten years, every day, every day, because all he ever did was either try and escape. Or assault staff. What was he in there for? I can't. Do you know what? Do you know what? And this is one of the things yeah. I was not very good at. Not well. Was, it just wasn't my thing. I never really. And this was a really high profile. And I had to know. Mm. I didn't really care what okay. they were in there yeah, for. Yeah. Okay. Because that can colour you. Yeah. Okay. And it can make you well, a fucking bastard. Yeah. You know, sneaking cars in the old Kent Road. That's where my family. Yeah. 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 I don't want to know that. Mm. So I'll just deal with you mm. face to face. Unless I was told by security, keep an eye on this because mm. he's done this, that, and the other to staff. So which was the the case with this inmate? He comes walking on. Escorted by about four or five staff. Where's he going? He's going in one of your cells. I'm like, oh, fuck. 
I'd heard of him, mm. this name, and all the other screws, more experienced than me, they're all pissing themselves, aren't they? So they're all, oh, fucking hell, you've got him. Good luck. He, assault, <laughs> he assaults every member of staff he comes across. And there was something in me, I just, I just went, I do have this thing inside me of, I call it the bring it on character. Yeah. It's like, all right, fucking bring it on. Yeah. Not in a way of, I'll have aggro with you, because yeah. I'd lose, because yeah. he can pick a weapon up and yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah. But it, I'm going to give you my best. Mm. I'm going to bring me A game to you, mate. Mm. Let's fucking see. Mm. But I had to tread carefully with him because he did not trust staff. So Do him, we know him? No. Do we know the name? No, you, you wouldn't know no, the okay. name. But people in prison at that time, would definitely they, they would know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was he nothing to look at. Ten stone piss wet through. Yeah. From Derbyshire. But he was a tough, tough character. And no, there was no smiling with him at, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So it took me a good few weeks just to make real contact. Like, okay, mate, I'm your personal officer. Any problems come? Yeah, all right. Yeah, fucking yeah. I'm going to talk to you. Mm. And he slowly but surely, I think he stood there, you know, because I can't work. Mm. He prisoners. They're on the wing. He stood there watching and seeing me with other cons. And he actually went, it was about three weeks in, and he went, Gov, can I have a word? Like that. So I went, yeah, all right. So what I done was I didn't just go over and talk to him. I mm. just, like I said, that thing inside me, I went to the screw. I went, I put the latch on so I couldn't get, I couldn't get kidnapped. So I went, um, I'm going in his cell. And the screw went, you're going in his cell. I went, I'm, I'm going in. I want to talk, I want to talk to him. So he'd never even had that. Mm. So I went in the cell, pulled the door, and I sat down to take any fear of him not standing over mm. him white uniform so I stood I sat down 45 degree angle I always made sure everything was like so I could get to the yeah. door so he started he says I've been watching you he says you seem like a reasonable man like I went no oh, I'm just a normal bloke doing a job I said I'm not mm. you know I'm not here to make a star name of myself I said I'm not a bully so he says uh, I want to talk to you about my life he says a little bit he says, I've never never really opened up about it he says and is there any way you think you might be able to help me mm. So I went, all right, mate, yeah, go on, crack on. So I was in there about 45 minutes. And he's fucking bawling his eyes out, this geezer. As a child. Um, by his dad. Kept down, <laughs> sounds a bit Harry Potterish, but he was kept under the stairs. Mm. Kicked the granny out of him mm. as a kid. Social services rescued him. Put him in foster care. Foster it's care worse. rescued him. Yeah, worse. Mm. Right. Uh, went, to, went to a young offender's. He got fucking done there. Mm. And so any he got beaten the fuck by anyone in a uniform, yeah. basically. So there's me in my white shirt. So I just said, uh, I just told him I had a plan. And I said, I'm going to work with my PO, who was a really good PO at the time, Phil Rag. And, um, and I said, and I've already spoken to the wing probation. I said, I reckon I'm going to do some work with you mm. like this. So I went up and grabbed him. And that was the respect I had. I, mm. I sort of, I grabbed the two of them. I said, right, we've got a challenge here. I said, we can either just fucking mug this off like the rest of the prison yeah. service does, or we can really work with this geezer. So for the first time in his in his life as a prisoner, as a prisoner I got him a job. Mm. We overdone the rules. We, we He got permission from security, our PO. And we made him a wing cleaner. Got him out of stripes. But he could only work on the wing. So um, about two or three weeks He's, he's, he's a change. He's becoming a changed character. So this is a man constantly yeah. assaulting staff. Yeah. 
So he's mopping the floor one day, and we're feeding at breakfast time. And he says, Gov, can I have a word? Like that. So, yeah, what's up? He went, just come over here. And he whispers in my ear, he says, uh, there's a blade. He says, a, a chiv bound the corner on one spur. He said, one of your screws is going to get stabbed. He said, he said the name. He went, he's upset, someone. He says, he's going to get stabbed. He says, before I met you, he said, I'd have probably done it for him. Mm. He says, now I know you're human beings. He says, I couldn't fucking picture it. He yeah. says, he said, you might have got it mm. like this. He said, go and spin it, Gav. Like, and that's why yeah. I can't say his name. Yeah. If it goes, spin it, Gav. And so I went up and he said, knock him down. Went in, got it. Wow. Toothbrush with a fucking blade. It was yeah. going to slice up a screw. And I thought, yeah. people don't see yeah. that side mm. of pr prison officering, mm. if you know what I mean. I just think it's, I think it's somewhere in between porridge and fucking Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know. Or well, they might think you're old Bill, linked to the old Bill thing. That's why, that's why the disrespect might be there. Do you think? Yeah, I think that some some people see screws as like um, want to be old Bill. Yeah, well, I wasn't. No, no, no. So, I, could, so, so, I, was just, I literally, yeah. I literally got the job just to get out of the fucking life I was in. Yeah. What life were you in before that? Before so, you went in, you we sort skimmed across it. What what naughtiness did you get up to? <laughs> um, credit card fraud, mm. fucking fake and entering with people and. Not not houses that people, not drums that people lived in, yeah. but they were like new 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 builds and stuff like that, and you were doing stuff like that, and just I've just kept me gob shut. I just I was good at keeping me gob shut yeah. at the time, like you know, and it just I was up to I, it was just like, well, I was a kid, and this is true. I was brought up in a big Irish family, and every job you got, it was just like I got a new job. All right, what can you nick? That's the first thing they ask. That's just the first thing. Yeah, and it yeah, was yeah. like, you just thought, well, it's natural. Yeah. You know, when my, my missus, when she married, when she married me, she came from a really middle-class family. Yeah. Only child, you know, dad was a jeweller. Yeah. It's like, well-to-do, not you know, well-to-do, but they were all right. Yeah. And scum on the earth from the old Kent Road. And they were like, it was like, fucking hell, what is this life? People fiddling the electric. And, yeah. You know, and it was a pound note, wasn't it? I mean, you. Yeah. I, I, I never knew. I literally never knew anyone who bought a car radio yeah. out of Alfred's. Yeah, you went and saw Dave yeah. or someone down yeah. the pub, thirty quid, and, and said, yeah. "I need so. Oh, what do you want, Pioneer?" Yeah, and they literally they write down the make. Yeah. Give us, give us a week. Always up, I, I grew up in pubs. Right, living above pubs as a kid, all the way up to what the thing. But you could order whatever you wanted, and you'd have it the next morning. Precisely, anything, precisely, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was all that going on, and so it was one of them where you know my wife she was pregnant at the time, and I thought oh, I've got to straighten out. Mm. I got, and I tell you what, the biggest thing for straightening you out is actually going and looking in prison. You know, I listen. That's their life, and that's what they want to go back yeah. to. And it's not the thing of the beatings and the stuff like the extreme side yeah. of it. It's just purely, I can order a pizza tonight. Yeah, freedom. I can walk the dog. Yeah, you know. I can do the main, most mundane things. You can't even mm. shut your lock your own door. Mm. You know, you're, so that's one of the things I, I sort of brought up. It's mainly my mum who passed it down. Empathy for people. Don't have fucking sympathy for them. Yeah. Do not have sympathy for these blokes because yeah. they will shove it right up your ass because yeah. that's patronising. So don't have sympathy for them. They made mm. their own bed, right? But have empathy. Mm. And that's a different thing. That's a, that could be me. Yeah, I agree. Right, that could be me. I'm no, I'm no, I'm no fucking. I'm no high and mighty fella yeah. with great morals and all this. I'm, I'm a, I'm fucking, I'm a fuck up. Yeah, and be humble. 
be humble. And being able to talk to everyone, whether you're a cleaner, whether you're a prime minister, whether you're a CEO or a chairman, whether you're a professional footballer. For me, everyone's Mate, the same. You know what I mean? South London. Yeah. That's it's, what it is. It that's really what you grew is, up with. Because that's what my mum... Show respect. A, my mum was a cleaner. Yeah. Then she became a union official, things like that. Yeah. But she just used to say manners. Yeah. She said, you've got manners, you sit with kings and paupers. Agree. She said, Agree. rich people who ain't got manners, they can't even sit with themselves. Agree. So it's just manners. And I'll tell you what... And that goes a long way, by the way. Do you know what? It's, yeah. I, I, it wasn't until I was recently uh, doing this program on Channel Four, banged up. So you went, so you went on the program Channel Four, banged up. That's where you become a face. That's where it's all popped up, and you become a like little celebrity from from that room. I know you don't want to call it that, but no, it has been that. A known person. A known person. There you go. Yeah, of, of ill repute. <laughs> <laughs> How was that for you then? Because you were. A real humble human being. For you to be called up and say, we want you to be one of the main faces on Banged Up on Channel 4, what was your reaction? Well, first of all, what happened was, was I did um, a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. Mm. And it was during Bang, uh, during bang Up. During um, lockdown. Lockdown. Um, Same thing. Oh, yeah. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> so I, I had a mate phone me up, uh, Gary and um, Mark, and they phoned me, uh, cab drivers, because I'm a cab driver now. Mm. And they said, oh, can you do us a favour? Black cabbie, London. Black cab driver. Yeah, Even London. though you've got a bright pink cab outside. A bright pink, yeah. Well, it's, it's my aura. It's <laughs> <laughs> you found yourself. I found my, my inner self. So it was fun of them where it's, it's um, they phoned me up. Oh, George, we know you've had a bit of a weird life, you know, doing all sorts of <laughs> jobs and madness with Charlie Bronson, this, that, yeah. and the other. I went, yeah, can you do a podcast? I went, I don't know. Why not? I mean, I don't know what so a podcast is. is. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was 57. I went, yeah. I'm 57 years of fucking age. I said, what the fuck's a podcast? How yeah. oh, dear, I would have rave. Everyone yeah. talks about them. All right. And he said, yeah, pop over to Essex and we'll do it in the back of a cab. Oh, all right then. Yeah, so I've done it and it got the it's most not that, it's not It's not that sort of podcast with a bit of a cab, is no, it? Not, not, not the old... Yeah, not, <laughs> what's it called? I'll do that as a sideline. <laughs> Fake taxi. Fake taxi. I'm the one who puts his back out. His back out. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where was I? I don't oh, yeah, know. Fake taxi. Like, yeah, go on. So, <laughs> so, so this... Uh, so he said, oh, turn up, we're doing these stories. And they're yeah. like... I'm telling them the Bronson story, yeah. isn't it? And it went onto YouTube, and they, they couldn't believe it. They went, it's gone fucking bananas. It's yeah. like, all the London taxi drivers are loving it. Like, yeah. you know, Ooh. can we do part two? So I've, I've said, yeah, once I'll get all this out of the way, I'm yeah. doing another one for them. But they said, that, yeah, it's really good. So I thought, no, I literally thought no more of it. And then out of the blue, I get contacted on Instagram by some TV producer. It says, um, well, we're making a Channel 5 documentary. Mm. Belmarsh, um, Maximum Security. So I said, uh, do you know anyone who could go on it? So I gave him Kevin Lane's yeah. name. I gave him, uh, what's his name? The fucking Lord, Lord, one of the Lords. Yeah. But we banged up. Um, I gave him all sorts of names and they, they'd done it. I gave him officers as well. And they'd done a really good documentary on Channel 5. And from there, I started, I started getting contacted like while the documentary's on from all strange strangers. I didn't even know these people. And then months, about four or five months later, I get a phone call out of the blue. Kev put them onto me. Kevin Lane yeah. put them onto me. I said, um, we've been giving your name by Kevin Lane. They says, uh, I'm on the Victoria and Albert rank or on the restaurant. I'm eating my sandwich. And they, they phone me up and they says, and this will, this will make you see what a dinosaur I am. They've gone, uh, oh, we've been given your name. We're Shine TV. We want to make a, a, a reality TV program. First of all, we'll make the pilot with uh, Johnny Mercer, the uh, Tory MP. Yeah. But we didn't know who it was at the time. He said, with, a, with a, a famous MP, they said. And they said, would you like to do it? So I said, 
well, tell me about it. Like, you know, so I, I, what I've always said to them, and they know this from mm. me, I don't give two fucks about being famous. Yeah. I really don't give two mm. fucks. So mm. that's why they know if, if they don't do right by me, I'll yeah. just send me out and walk, yeah, yeah, walk yeah. off. I couldn't, yeah. do, couldn't give yeah. them monkeys. So I've not asked, so far I've not asked for the podcast, and now I've not asked for this Channel 4 thing. So Channel 4 have gone, well, could we do a Zoom meeting with you so we can really get to know you? And I went, no, I'm not doing that. Mm. And I went, you're not doing it? I went, no, I'm not doing Zoom meetings. I said, I like bollocks. I said, you want to meet me? I said, I'll come up to your offices and we'll, we'll meet each other mm. face to face mm. like human beings. Mm. They weren't used to it. So I went up there, three and a half hours. I was, I was telling them these stories and that, and they just went, we've got to, we've got to use you. Yeah. So they sent the film to Channel 4. Channel 4 loved it. And then, so then we'd done the pilot with Johnny Mercer and Kevin Lane, uh, Tony Gooch, and, 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 and Eiffel. And we made this 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 um, pilot with Johnny Mercer. And on the way up there, I remember saying to my missus, I found her out, I was going to Shrewsbury Prison, and I went, this cannot work. I've worked in prisons 12 years. And the underlying thing you have to have for prisons, the closest I've ever seen it is the um, drama Time with Sean Bean. Mm. There has to be an underbelly mm. Of attention, of fear, of yeah. violence. There's got to be that you you can it's tangible. Yeah. The feeling of this could go, mm. and they captured it on time. And I said to her, I can't see how this is going to work. This reality TV. I said I'll take that money. So, so they want you to bring celebrities in, mixed with the first ex-cons. one was a pilot, which was one celebrity, which was a, yeah. a home office. Or he was a minister at the time. So we brought Johnny Mercer in, and they come into a real situation. Now. What I didn't realise was, I mean, I hadn't been a school for 20 years. Mm. So what I didn't realise was once I put that fucking uniform on and the keychain, I've been away five minutes. I've been for a lunch break. Yeah. I'm back on a wing. You know, and I'm, I'm that, I am that school. But you actually feel, and I'm not the only one who said it, others felt it as well. I'm actually a better prison officer yeah. than when I left the service because I'm older yeah. and I'm slower in, in like, as in I'll stop first. Yeah. Not think. react, yeah, okay. think, yeah. use a bit of humour, less ego, a mm. bit better, a bit mm. softer, you know? But sharp, still sharp with yeah. humour in that. So I can bring different skills to what I had 20 years later. Mm. And I thought, this ain't going to work, but we've got five hours in. And Tony Gooch, bless him, he's, I'm banging him up. And he went, George. I went, what? He went, you fucking screws are making me feel like I'm doing bird again. And I went, and you fucking cons are making me feel like I'm back on the landings. I said, this is this is going to be brilliant. Yeah. He went, mate, this is going to be fucking after. Yeah. He said, this is going to be really good. And so we went and went forward for three days. We'd done it with Johnny Mercer. Channel 4 went bananas over it. And so then we found ourselves last June with six celebrities and doing it. We actually did the filming for 11 days, but they were banged up for eight. Okay. And let me tell you, that was sometimes as intense and sometimes more intense than anything I've done in the prison. Really? Oh, yeah. Why, do you think? Is it because people wanted to have a dig at the celebs? Some did. Yeah. Um, it got close. They wanted to have a dig at authority. Okay. But they didn't... And get away with it. They didn't come in with that mindset. It, it it's almost switches something on in your primeval mind yeah. of a survival, fight or flight, and a lot of them, that's why there's a psychologist on, on hand yeah. all the time. It does, it, it took me, after filming, it took me two weeks to decompress. Two weeks mm. to get back to what I, I would say, yeah. I'm back to normal now. Cause, and I must have lived like that tension for, for 12 years. 12 years, yeah. 
and can't you jump out yeah. of normality, which I'll say my life is not normal, mm -hmm. London black cab driver, yeah. having a laugh, yeah. taking to Houston, yeah. off I go to home. And so then you're in this, this microscope of fucking tension mm. where people, they think, ah, oh, it's only a TV programme. Because the inmates didn't make any money out of it. Mm. Okay, They weren't allowed to Where make money was out this prison? Shrewsbury Prison. And was that closed down? Or was it's that closed a in 2013. And so it's used for dramas. It was like I said, okay. it was used for Sean Bean's programme and things like that. So who did you bring in? What celebs were brought in? Um, Marcus and... uh, Lufar out of, uh, um, what's it called? I didn't know him. Oh. I was terrible because yeah. it was new celebrities. Yeah. You know, um, Sid Owen out of oh, EastEnders. EastEnders, yeah. Yeah. Peter Hitchens, uh, the columnist. He's on Twitter a lot. Yeah. He's on political things. Um, Neil Parrish, the Tory MP who... Got caught. Got caught watching porn. porn in the, yeah. in the we had House a young Commons. pop star called Harvey. Was he in there? Bless him. He? Yeah, he was in there. And, you know, uh, so who else was there? Oh, my mind's gone. Yeah. But we had six of them. And, uh, oh, um, Tom Rosenthal was on Friday night dinners. Mm. So we had him. And it made for some really good TV yeah. to the point where everyone who's contacted me has said it should have been longer. Yeah. should have been about six, seven episodes. How many was it? It's only four. Was it? Okay. Would they do another part two, do you think? Have they come back? Well, we're waiting to hear. Yeah, okay. I hope they do. Uh, they were, I know they were toying with a women's prison, but I have, I've had chats and so have other people. It won't work. No, okay. What was the, what, so they brought in the celebs. Did they bring in the ex-cons? Yeah, so with the, it to so, say, right, you got to act like it was back in the day. Right, so the ex-cons had two, uh, three days of bedding in before any celeb turns okay. up. So they're being run on a system. Who was the ex-con? Kev Lane? Oh, no, there was, there was about 40 ex-cons. What's that? For? What's it, was about 40, it was a proper wing. It was yeah, like, okay. So we had half the wing and the rest was shut off. So I ran the gym as well. So I was yeah. a gym officer. So I was constantly having to get changed. I was running the gym class, go back up, and then I was back in uniform on the wing. So I was doing that as well. And each shift minimum was 12 hours. Oh, okay. That's 11 shifts, minimum of 12 hours. For All a period top. of? 11 days. 11 days. I was fucked. Yeah, I, I bet. So you got in from Black Cab, he chilled, nice five, having a laugh, oh, yeah. and boom, straight up at, five, up at five in did the morning, you, starting at seven. Did you get that feeling when you walked into that prison in Shrewsbury yeah. that the energy in there was exactly like it used to be? Or was it... Or was it's it funny you say Or that. was it harder? Or was it tougher energy? It's funny you say mm. that. Because the first one we made the pilot, they're doing it on a shoe yeah. They did it with fuck all money. Yeah. So they, they didn't use... They used three ex-cons mm. to be in the in really in the program and they used the backup all the extra they were film extras but actually they were blokes from a cricket club in Shrewsbury and they were there's nothing worse than someone trying to be, yeah. to be an inmate because they walk like that you know and they put bandanas on and giving you bad looks and all this like you know and it ain't like that <laughs> yeah. you know because I remember when we first came on the set they said they're showing us around on the set on the, on the in the prison they were showing us around and all these extras were all there and, he, and we called him Bandana Man. He was a geezer with a bandana. And he, he just wouldn't speak to me. And he was just like, this is a funny story. This is, He's just giving me right like he wanted to kill me, mm. this geezer. He don't know me. He don't know what I've been in yeah. with and all that. So I've gone, as a typical screw, first thing I've done is made for the canteen and got a bit of cake. So I've got a bit of cake and I'm walking down and I'm with this other screw. And he's gone, he don't like you. Oh, and I, I, think he's, I think he wants more cake. Like this, <laughs> that's what yeah, we're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. Yeah, you want some? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like this. So he's he's just carried on with his hands down his trousers, giving me daggers. I'm like, you're not having more carrot cake. Like this, having a laugh of him, and he didn't 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 budge. So as we've carried on filming for a couple of days, Kevin Lane 
has got talking to him, these film extras, and flogging his book yeah. to him, <laughs> as he does. <laughs> Bless him. So he's Kev, Kevin Lane's telling him about how far back me and him go. Mm. I think I'll tell you that story in a minute. Mm. But how far back we go and who I've been in with. Mm. Charlie Bronson, IRA, UVF, Colombians, fucking the Pope's banker and all that. So they've gone, uh, these, they're listening to this story, aren't they? And they're clocking on. And I've just come walking down the wing, you know, no ego. Yeah. <laughs> All right, lads, like that. And this bandana man's come up to me and he's gone, Mr. Shipton. I went, it's all right, call me George, mate. I said, you're only acting. He went, I just want to apologise. He said, I gave you a right hard time, didn't I? He says, Kevin's just been telling me, he says, who you've been in with. And he says, you must look at me and laugh. Like, <laughs> From the local cricket club. I know, cricket club. <laughs> I went, no, I don't know, you're only playing a part. I've done film extra. I said, you're only playing a part. I said, don't worry. And now I've got about 10 film extras around me. Tell us about this. Yeah. Tell us about Stories, stories, <laughs> That's stories. That's what they were yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So that, that part of it, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed making the programme. But it takes it out of you. Yeah. And it took it out of every inmate who was, who was in it. How close was it to how it actually really is in there? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Only, the only thing that was missing... Was suicide attempts, uh, violence, and how can I put it? Uh, us being able to wrap them up, okay, being able to put them in control and restraints. Yeah, you know, we weren't allowed to do that. We did do it once with with a Scotsman who was uh, he actually offered his hands up. Come on, take me. He was a, a Scottish nationalist, <laughs> so we wrapped him up, trussed him up like a turkey, and took him down the block. And I, I was, he's the only one. I was walking along, I had his wrist lock, and I was going to him. I'm really sorry about this. I'm so sorry. It's, 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 I like it. I like it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Have Fuck. you ever been close to being stabbed? Stabbed? No. Have but, you ever been close to being really hurt? Right, okay. So there's, there's only, like I say, I've been in with, I spent a lot of time with Charlie Bronson to the point where we were all called uh, Charlie's Angels yeah. in Belmarsh. That's what, that right? Yeah, we were known as Charlie's Angels. So if I can, I, can I yeah, talk about that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, what was so, Charlie Bronson like? Right. So what happened was, was I was eating my dinner one night at nine o'clock at night. Come home from an A shift, which is a long, long shift, and I get and I'm in the unit. Okay, so I've come home, got me dinner, phone call, but I'll pass nine at night. Governor number one, that's the head governor of Belmarsh Prison, and he was John Podmore, the best governor I've ever worked with. Um, and he phoned me up. He went. Hello, George. It's Governor Number One, John Podmore. And the first thing you think is, "Fuck! Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. What have I done? I'm under investigation." And he went, "Right, let's stop. It's right there." He says, "You're not under investigation. You're not in trouble." He says, "I've got to ask you a favour." I went, "Go on." And he went, um, "We've got a very, very high-profile inmate turning up. I can't say who it is." He went, um, "But I'm. It's. I've devised a plan." He says, "He's coming for about three months." He says, "And I've devised a plan." He says to have two teams of six, because he had to be unlocked with a minimum of six. Plus an SO, so seven really. Mm. But there was two shifts, so you had 12 of you. So he says, right, if you agree to do it, he says, wear him out. He says, can you wear him out for me? I went, well, I don't know if I wear him out. I said, but I'll keep him busy. Mm. He went, right, so I want to do it. We're going to plan it. So he does circuits in the morning. He says, waits late morning or early afternoon. Then he does a sports out in the yard. He says, really keep him occupied. He says, and and, he, and the same team with him, Charlie only responds really to a certain type of officer. He says, and you're that type of officer. So I knew mates who'd worked with him before. <clears throat> so I said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. He said, right, you don't come in in prison uniform. You come in in sports kit. 
He says, and I don't give a fuck what's going on in the prison. You don't answer no alarm bells. He says, you work with Charlie Bronson. And that is it. He says, you answer to the governor number one. He said, if anyone's got a problem, send them to me. Mm. So, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I liked it. I fucking loved it. Mm. I never was nervous with him. I was respectful and he was respectful. If Charlie, you know, if, just just be a man, really. Keep your keep your ego at the door because he'll the minute you're putting it on, yeah, he'll know. He'll fucking <clears throat> know. He's no mug. And so you know, just recognise that this is the top alpha in the room. But he doesn't wave it around, you know, and tell you he's the top alpha. You just know it. Mm. And so he is what he is. Um, I'm not going to go in and rehabilitate him. I'm going to go in and take the piss out of him, mm. and he's going to take the piss out of me, and we're going to have a good laugh. Mm. You know, and you've got to take a few risks as an officer, which I did on a couple of occasions. And <laughs> when mates were shitting themselves, there was one occasion where we were going out on the yard and to play non-stop cricket with Charlie. So there's six of us in this lock, about the size of this table, really. And there's six of us all edged up like this. And we've got a cricket bat. My mate's got the sponge ball, Sean, and uh, he's behind Charlie. And Charlie's right opposite me here. And I've known Charlie now for a good month or so. And we'd usually play short tennis or non-stop cricket mm. in the afternoon. And I just, it's the little devil in my head. I just looked at Charlie and I went, fuck this. And I threw the bat down on the floor. He's just staring at me. And I thought, well, I've got to go now and I've got to go with it. He went, what's up, George? What's the matter? I went, that's no fucking point. I said, playing this fucking stupid game. I said, don't you like it? I went, yeah, I love it. I said, I'm a fucking master cricketer. I said, what's the point? I said, what is the point in us going out there and playing? Someone upset you? I went, no, no one's upset me, Charlie. It's just that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to smash your ass all over the place, mate. I'm going to make you look like a mug like this. And my mate, <laughs> Sean, behind him, is there. And he's looking at me going, like this. And Charlie's <laughs> looked at me now and it's gone quiet for about five, five seconds. Yeah, it felt like about long, fucking yeah, three yeah. minutes. Yeah. And Charlie's looked at me and gone, like this and then he starts hopping that's what he does he starts hopping and starts hopping you know what you've done now don't you I went what have I done he went you've made everyone hate you and I fucking love that <laughs> I can't fucking wait to play now that is so I've gone out there and of course every time I'm smashing the ball I'm moonwalking stick my tongue out at him and all this and he thought it was fucking brilliant because you showed a bit of character yeah. you didn't like, blow bubbles yeah, yeah, up his ass yeah. But I remember telling the wife when I got home, she went, you fucking stupid bastard. Don't do that to Charlie Bronson. <laughs> I couldn't help that. Just, just How long? He's been in there 50 years, hasn't he? 40 odd years. Do you I think, think yeah. he should have been released a couple of yes. months back? Yeah, yes. same. But it takes going to take courage. And I don't see too many home secretaries with a backbone for the last long time we've had them. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of them. You see, this is the thing that gets them inside. People like Ray Bishop and that, they know what I'm talking about. Ray Bishop's a great Ray lad. Bishop's a cracking great man. man. Yeah, proper right? man. Top, Honest. Top man, yeah. And humble. Yeah, oh, yeah. And kind. He's got all these badge yeah. groups. Yeah, mate. He's a fucking top yeah. man. Same as Kevin Lane. Yeah, and Kev as well. Kev, yeah. Kevin Lane. Good boy. So what it is, they do their, yeah, they do their crimes. They don't ever say, oh, but I'm, you know, it was a mistake or I was, you know, I had a bad child. I wasn't hugged. They know yeah. what they've done. Yeah. But when you see the fucking scum getting... 
released yeah. kitty fiddlers and yeah. stuff oh, like that. Don't even go there. Who can work the dumb. system? Oh mate, and come out and change their name. What? <sighs> See what I mean? What? See what I mean? So, so that's what that's what does a lot of the lads in. And and look, we're all married men. We got kids, mm. and that fucking drives me mad. Yeah. But you just whereas we have to just go put it out of your fucking mm. mind because I was a PEI you've got to remember I was a physical education instructor yeah. for, for eight years yeah. and so but a lot of that time I was like no sorry seven years so a lot of that time you've got nonce cases coming up to you arguing shouting at you because the shuttlecocks ain't in good condition you know the geezer who's shouting at you has, has thrown his three year old bedroom yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. three year old kid around yeah, the walls yeah, yeah. smashed their brains in yeah you know, but you've got to rise above. How do you try, How can you rise above? Because you, if you're saying that to me now, if I'm going in and I'm a screw and I'm thinking, I know what he's done. If listen, the different crimes aren't there. Whether it's drugs, whether you're a bank robber, they're all bad. But there's certain ones you look at and think you must have looked at for. You know what? You ain't getting any love from me. The only yeah, the only one it really took a lot of personal strength, and I, I didn't handle it too well. Was a guy called Robert Napper. Who killed um, Rachel Nickel on Wimbledon Common? Was that was he in? He was in Belmarsh, right? So he was in for a crime of. Uh, he was in for. A, they called him the Green Chain. Uh, he was in loads of women on the Green Chain walk around rem- London. I remember it was all over. Right, yeah. so it was in the yeah. area where my wife was from, yeah. uh, Eltham, and also he'd killed this. I will not go into the. I know the full details. He killed this woman in Plumstead and her four-year-old kid, mm. and now he killed the kid. Mm. Well, let me protect this right. The way he killed the kid. The copper who dealt with the case handed his badge in. That bad? And he'd seen okay, it, it all. Let's leave it as that. Right. Mm. So oh, oh, we used to get jobbed off in, in in the prison, as in they shut the gym down, they were short of staff, go and sit in the healthcare unit, and you'd just go and sit there, and you'd got all these mass murderers who were like, getting nutted off. And he was he was one of them. And he used to have this thing of just staring at you. And it just fucking drove me around the twists. Yeah. And, I couldn't do it. I just, I just, you know. Would well, get in your head. It would just. It would. I'm a human being, yeah. you know. And it used to. It used to just get in your head, and I could not handle it. And so it was one of the few few times where you just say, "I'm going to do damage to this geezer yeah. if I'm left alone with him," because I fucking hated him. Yeah. It was a horror. There was nothing behind the eyes. Yeah. Absolutely nothing behind the eyes. And when I said to him, "You've done all them in uh, Eltham and that," and he just went, "Their problem. Wrong place. Ugh. Wrong place. Wrong time." That's what he said. So, so you know, what you have to do is, is you have to, and do you know, remember, how do you restrain you? How do you right, restrain yourself? Right. That? So, what you have to do is, no matter what job you're in, no matter who you're being paid by, and you know him, what amazed. he's been. Uh, be amazed if this is your job, and it's actually your career. You go. This is what you do. You can be one of them screws, and they do exist. Who fucking scuttling off to security all the time, the Watson office, reading what crimes they've done. That okay. will drive you You're around nuts. the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. twist, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Or you, I have this thing of the jury and the judge have done that job. Mm. I'm here to make a system work. Okay. I'm here to make a system work. Make the fucking system work. Mm. You don't get paid extra for rolling around on the floor. You don't get paid extra for fucking being a bully. Yeah. Just get through the day as peacefully as possible. Mm. Have as many laughs as you can mm. and just be the beat. Be the fella that you, 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 your mum's proud of. Yeah, okay. You know, mm. and she wouldn't be proud of me if I was going around yeah. fucking landing right handers yeah. on people behind their back or whatever. Mm. So it catches up with you because mm. I'm a South London. Everywhere I go, there's fucking ex-cons. Yeah. They're always shouting yeah, at me. Yeah, cool, yeah. Do you get, do you get clocked? 
Yeah. You get clocked everywhere, do you? Yeah. On the streets, do you? Okay. Yeah, I was on, I'll tell you what, once. I but was, that helps being a good bloke, because surely they clock you yes. now. You're going, you know what, I'm glad I was a good bloke. There, there was one time where a geezer, and I think he's dead, a geezer called Bailey, and he was a cat A. And he was fucking, the black geezer, miles barred up everywhere. He was scarred up all over the, all over the shop. And he was a tough, tough fella. And um, we, as I said, my father-in-law was a jeweller, and we went down to his jeweller's shop in Sydney at the time, me and my wife. And we visited, and we were going up to London on the train station at Sydenham, and it was like the fucking Wild West, like tumbleweed. It was only me and her on the platform. And up on the other platform comes about 20 black geezers, all gangs, all gangs, one gang. And Bailey was the top man of them. They're all going somewhere, the fuck knows. But they all come up there, and he looks over and clocks me. And I went to my missus, fuck, like this. She went, what? I went, it's a cat, eh? I said, fucking Bailey, like this. And I thought, this is, this is, go, oh, please, let the train come, like this. And he stood there a while, didn't even say hello, didn't say nothing. He just, and I just, uh, and he had a few boys there who'd been inside of him. Mm. And so we got on a train. About two or three months later, I'm in the gym, I'm a PEI, and I hear, he had a very distinctive voice. And I hear him in the changing rooms. And I went out to him. I went, Bailey. He went, what's up, Gov? I went, put it there. He went, what? I went, put it there. And he shook me hand. He went, what's that for? I went, you fucking know what it's for. Yeah. He went, what? I went, Sydenham Station. You mm. saw me with my missus. He went, have, how long have we seen each other? He says, four or five years, me in and out. I went, yeah. He went, have you ever been a to me? Mm. I went, no. I said, never been never been one of them to her, not mm. in my mind. He went, well, you've never done wrong by me. Mm. He says, what am I going to, he says, you with your woman. He mm. says, you think I'm going to do something? Mm. He said, I would never do that. Mm. He says, you've always been all right to me. Oh, fuck for that. For that. <laughs> it pays off, doesn't it? <laughs> is, this, is, is the prison system broken, do you think? And do you think drugs is rife in prisons? Drugs got worse in prisons, believe it or not, the minute they screwed down on drugs. Example? Right, okay. So mandatory drug testing came in, I think, early, early 2000s. They brought in this thing called MDT, mandatory drug testing. You didn't have a choice. They'd fucking, they might get a, a whisper from someone, knock on your door, right? Piss test, yep. mandatory drug testing. Well, w most of what you could smell in prison when I was mm. on the landings was puff, was yeah. weed. It wasn't always good gear. It was yeah. Moroccan black or whatever. But you could smell it, mm. right? And then, and then you had either that. You, really, the drugs of choice was either that or H, right? Yeah. So you had heroin or that. So it was one or the other. So cannabis stays in the system so long. Is it 28 days, is it? Something like, or yeah. more. Is it more? Okay. Three, three months on is a hair it? follicle. And is that right? So, yeah, so they can do that. Mm. So you're getting nicked for cannabis. So all the cons bin the cannabis. And they went on this fucking spice, which don't stay in the system long. So their eyes kites now on spice, like monged out. And that is way, way more addictive, yeah. way more of a problem. And it's not a gateway drug. It's fucking through the gate and up the fucking alleyway. It's, yeah. it's, it's in there. It's a massive problem in prison. It's of our own making. Now, it's a genie that's out of the bottle. How do you put that back? How do you say, we're not doing mandatory drug testing anymore so you can crack on with your cannabis? Yeah. Because Surely cannabis would be a lot nicer than whacking spice to it in everyone. Yeah. Friday night on nights in a prison when you ain't got keys, right? you're doing nights, you ain't got keys. They're having a party. They're having parties in their cell. Look, if I was banged up, you always say to yourself as a screw, if I what was banged I up, yeah. what would I be like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be up to all sorts. Mm. That's where I come from. Mm. I'd, be, I'd be slipping and ducking and diving mm. and doing all sorts mm. of fucking stuff. Good luck to them. Mm. You know, it's not good luck to them as in I let them get away with it. I ain't got keys. Yeah. I can't go in there. You know, you might say, right, 
said it to, to your mates coming on a day shift, they're fucking bang on it. Yeah. You might say that, but at the end of the day, <laughs> nothing I can do. Come with it. What, what's the difference for the listener out there or anyone watching on YouTube? What's the difference that you can clock when someone's on Spice? Fucking hell. Is it monging, it's, is it's it? Mong. It's a horrible word to use, but it's it's proper proper space cadet. You are right, okay. You, you've got you know, and they can be fucking beaten up and all sorts, all sorts taken off them. So they're walking around. I've seen it in San Fran, San Francisco. You yeah. know, they're walking around the street. Is That's it like right, that? They just hang, don't they? They're hanging down. Yeah, hanging and walking. Yeah. Is that what it's like? Yeah. Oh, and how do you do? How do you, you smoke it? How do you get spice they, in the system? They breathe it in, don't they? They breathe it in for a bottle, don't they? It's like I've seen it. Like done. a bong type yeah, style. Yeah. There's all sorts they do it. They do it on fucking, uh, they attach it to paper or whatever. It's all sorts of ways they do it, but I got out sort of as that was starting. Coming in. How would you know someone's an heroin? <laughs> well, you knew, you just knew. That okay. There's, there's, there's the scratches. The scratches, yeah. There's okay. the, you know, all right, governor. Yeah, okay. Drop us out there. Yeah, okay. You know, and there's all the twitching and yeah. it's all that, you know, so. <laughs> what about mobile phones? That wasn't a problem. That wasn't back then, was it? No, I right. was a. Oh, there used to be phone cards. Yeah. So I was a. I used to. Pick, I keep saying that bad word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the I was a naughty person. <laughs> I used to walk around and pick up used phone cards and then bend them in half and then whisper to a con. Do you want to get? I can get my hands on some bent phone cards if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> I just slip them. Okay. There's one to start you off. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck off, governor. <laughs> It's great. You know what? It's really nice to hear because most of these stories you wear in prisons and they're screws. They don't like the screws. They tear up. Oh, You've yeah. gone in with the attitude of how the attitude of a good screw should be, right? Just be a man. Just, Just be, be a, a man person. And knowing you're having a laugh as well. And, and let, let me tell you, right? So 12 years. Yeah. Ooh. Were you just, did you I stay in Belmarsh the whole time? No, I was two years at Whitemore. Worst prison I ever worked Where's at. Where's Whitemore? Uh, Cambridgeshire. Why was it bad? It was every rotten egg. In, in the one basket. So you had half the prison was C and D wing, which was fucking Yardies, IRA, London gangsters, fucking Newcastle gangsters, every fucking gangster known, killers, contract killers. Yeah. And then the other half of the prison was high profile uh, nonces. Oh. So it was one extreme to the other. Did they, were they allowed to mix? Mate, no, they weren't allowed to mix. Okay. But when you were doing, I was a PEI, I got posted, I post, I passed my PE course and I got posted to Whitemore and I came from Belmarsh, which was a prison that we had control of. Yeah. Whitemore was just fucking everything Belmarsh wasn't. So I could be refereeing a match and this will tell you about Kevin Lane. I was could be refereeing a match of between C-wing and D-wing, top level gangsters, right, who they've been betting on all week with 150 cons around a pitch, just me and another PEI and two officers and dogs officers around the pitch, outside. So me and another PEI. So you could get jumped at any uh, point if you, yeah. Give an offside. You've yeah. got to do it though. And you give, give a penalty. Oh, you give a penalty against Dennis Harriff. Oh my. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> against who? A penalty, a penalty against who? Dennis Harriff, you know. Was he, the Harriff in was there? A, yeah, they were in there. Yeah, oh, me and Dennis, yeah. I've got on the right of them. Yeah. But, um, so I'm going to just, this where me and Kev, Met. Kevin Lane. Yeah. And it goes into Whitemore. Yeah. It's a good story. So Kevin Lane. For the for the listeners out yeah. there, explain who Kevin Lane is. So Kevin Lane, <clears throat> in my opinion, yeah. is uh, wrongly convicted Agreed. of a crime. Agreed. Uh, he's, he's been, he was put into prison for. For 20 years. 24 years. 24. 24. Mm. Um, so he's, he was wrongly convicted. Um, I think I'm a strong character, strong will, whatever. 
couldn't scratch the surface of what Kevin Lane can do because yeah. Kevin Lane is, uh, I've never seen, I've seen him pissed on Ooch, mm. but I've never seen him take a drug. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen him unshaven. Yeah, he's always clean cut. Always clean cut. Yeah, yeah. And we used to call him Catwalk Kev. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he, that was his nickname, <laughs> Catwalk <laughs> Kev. And he was a boxer, right? Yeah. So I came in one morning to the HSU, the high school unit, and we had a lovely officer, Sharon, and she said to me, she's from Bristol, and she said, oh, George, we got a right one here all night, like that. And I went, oh. She went, oh. She's been ghosted in overnight. She said, he's, uh, he's a boxer and he's ready to go. The only young fella, Kevin Lane's his name. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake. This is all I fucking need. <laughs> fucking first thing in the morning, rolling around on the floor. So <clears throat> I opened the flap and he's, he's like this. <laughs> Fists up, ready to go. He thought he was going to be a welcome committee, didn't he? And so, um, which we didn't do. Yeah. So I went, right, put the fist down, mate. I said, there ain't none of that bollocks here. I said, you're in Belmarsh now, I'm not fucking scrubs. <laughs> So I opened the door and I went, right, calm down. He went, oh, I'm ready to go. You know, Kev, I'm ready to go. You want to have it? Like, I went, look, calm down. I said, I shook his hand. I said, my name's George. I said, George Shipton. I said, uh, right. I said, you've obviously been ghosted overnight. I said, none of your family know you're here, do they? He went, no. I said, right, well, in that bubble there behind me, there's an officer. I said, and that's where you make your phone calls. I said, but I know you haven't been got, got your phone cards with mm. you. I said, I can get you an emergency phone call. I said, you can phone a couple of numbers and let them know where you are. I said, on your approved phone number list. I said, now, I'll give him a sh this was always always our first conversation. I'll give him a sheet of items you're allowed in the HSU. See those? I said, tick off everything you ain't got. I said, I will get you this morning mm. everything you haven't got. Anything you want, you come and see me. Do not ask me for anything you're not allowed because I will say no, no matter if you're a boxer or whatever you mm. fucking are. I said, I have to say no. And that's the end of it. Don't ask me for anything you're not allowed. And we'll get on along like friends. He shook me hand. And from that moment, yeah. we've never had a crossword. Mm. Never had a crossword. To the point where I actually forgot about this, that, that, that it happened. But Kev, Kev put it in his, he wrote his book, wrote his book, Fitted Up, Fitted and, fighting up back. and Fighting Back. Yeah. And he put this chapter at the end about something that happened with me. Now, I'd forgotten about it for years. And he, he met up with me when he was first released on license. And he said to me, can we meet up? I was a black cab driver. So I met him and he said, um, look, I, I want to put you in the book. I said, what do you want to put me in the book for? He said, what you did for me. Mm. I went, well, what did I do for you? Mm. I'd forgotten. He went, you don't remember, do you? I went, no, I don't. He said, uh, do you remember the scrub screws? I went, oh, fucking hell, yeah. So this story, apparently this was what did Kev said in. He yeah. couldn't get his head around the screw, did this. So what happened was we would been we'd been doing a lot of work with Kev. When I say work, I mean keeping a lid on people yeah. in a unit, not winding them up yeah. all the time, working with them, having a laugh with them. Mm. You know, they need something done. You've got to say no sometimes, but it's a way of saying no. Yeah. You know, there's there's no you fucking can't or yeah. I'm really sorry about this, Kev, but the answer's no. Yeah. I can get you, you can put an application, mm. and then you can ease Diffuse. people to the no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So we did a lot of work with him and all the officers were pulling in the same direction in the unit. So I'm sitting there like this and we're waiting for Kev, Kev's going up on his court case, to come back from the Old Bailey. And he's been brought back by, I think he's been brought back by um, scrub screws. And I'm sitting there, I said, can you bang him up when he gets back? I went, yeah, all right, yeah. So I'm sitting there and he comes back and these scrub screws, one of them's fucking built like a brick shit house, and the other one's like a bodybuilder. And they're bullying him. As they brought him through, he's in handcuffs. And my, my principal officer, P.O. Spence, he's gone, George, follow him. Fuck. Like this. 
and Kev's waiting to go. Mm. That's it. So I follow him. I couldn't get any end. I couldn't get involved because he, he wasn't my prisoner. Mm. He was their prisoner at the time. So I'm watching them in the strip search area and they fucking bullied him. They did wind him up, you know, laughing while they're strip searching mm. and all this love mm. and nudging him and, and they were saying, and they were saying to him, if you was in scrubs, we'd fucking batter you. And so Kev said, yeah, take these handcuffs on and let's see what you do. Mm. Like this. And they did. And bang, bang, bang. One was knocked out and one was put on his ass. So we've had a jump, Kev. Mm. But he didn't put him in restraint because he knew us. Yeah. So we had to wrap him up, put him down the block. And then what happened was I went upstairs to write an incident report about what I'd seen. All right. Now, I never, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I never thought anything of what I was doing. Mm. I just wrote out what I fucking saw, yeah. what these bastards did. Mm. So I'm writing it, and as I'm writing it, about three or four scrub screws have appeared. I'm on my own in the staff room. See, a lot of inmates, they don't know this shit goes yeah, on yeah, between yeah. staff. What are you writing there, mate? I'm writing the fucking truth is what I'm writing. Yeah. You bastards. I said, we've done a lot of fucking work with this geezer. I said, he never kicks off. I said, bring all that bully boy shit here. I said, we don't do all that shit. Yeah. So I'm right, I'll carry on right. Took the pen like this. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. And they went, you ain't fucking writing that if you know what's good for you. And at that, like mm. the fucking cavalry, yeah. about five or six Belmarsh screws came in, big lads. Mm. And they came in and went, oi, fucking sling your hook. Leave George alone. Mm. Like this. So I wrote out the incident report, basically putting down that Kev was provoked was bullied, whatever. Because they were looking at giving him GBH for five years. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock the geezer out. So, and they wanted me to lie. Scrub screws wanted me to lie. So I didn't lie. And uh, and a lot of screws who were watching this mm. will mug me, will have a go at me. I don't give two yeah. fucks. Couldn't give two fucks, yeah. I'd say. I'm, I'm me. I work the way I work. Mm. And um, I stood up in the adjudication and he couldn't believe it, Kev. That a screw against him. Fair play, yeah. To me, they weren't screws. They were just thugs. Yeah, just right? wanted Just because you've got to wear, wear yeah. a white shirt. You're a fucking yeah. thug. I'm not having that. Mm. Right. So he never forgot it. So later on, I'm in Whitemore and I'm hating life. What year roughly we're talking here? 97. Okay. Right, so it's about three years Why later. Why did you choose to go to Whitemore if you knew what it was going to be <sighs> like? Yeah, I'd just done nine months training as a PE. I, I just wanted to start my life as a PE instructor. Okay. I was getting a public expense move, cheap housing. Okay, okay. I should never have done it. Yeah. Worse, but then, you know, you learn, those learn, yeah, you yeah, learn in course. life and yeah, it's yeah, probably the making of me something mm. in some parts. But I, I hated the area. I hated the fucking prison. You never had that banter that we had in Belmarsh and that, you know. And uh, so anyway, I'm there about a year, just over, at Whitemore. I still fucking hate it. And I'm sitting in the office... So you've got the weights room there, the sports hall there, and I'm sitting in the office here. And out, out along here comes Kevin Lane. He's been shipped to Whitemore, hasn't he? He went, George! I went, hello, Kev! I never knew really what a big name he was with all the yeah. other inmates. He's come in throwing his arms around me. They're all watching from the weights room, aren't they? Mm. All the, you know, the mm. big gangsters. Mm. They're all watching Kev Lane. They didn't really get on with me because yeah. I was one of them who I didn't back down. Yeah. So... They uh, so Kev's gone. You're right, George. I went. Nah, so I fucking hate this place. Who's winding you up? Is someone having a go at you? Like this. I went, and he named names. I'm not going to say the yeah. names. He named names. Oh, they were big names. Mm. And he went. Right, leave that with me. I went. Kev, don't fucking start. 
He went, oh, I want to start fuck all. He says, he says, I'm just going to go and have some words with people. He says, your life's going to get better. He says, I remember what you've done for me. Yeah, lovely. Like that. It's like Edgeclays and the Lion. Mm. So he's gone. He says, you reffing Sandy? I went, I am, yeah. He went, well, watch and see. Fuck me. He was out there like a bull in a china shop. He was kicking everyone up in the air. Kev. I mean, big players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were turning around going, hi, Kev. <laughs> and then I was giving fouls and they were turning around and going, you fuck. All right, George. No problem, mate. And Kev looked at me and went, <laughs> I, I thought, fucking hell, new <laughs> life. <laughs> so we've been like that. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. We never ask anything of each other, mm. me and Kev. You know, it's just. He's a proper man's man, isn't he? Yeah. Got a massive heart on him. He has. A massive heart. He man. has. Yeah. And, and anyone uh, out there, go and check his book out. Absolutely. Yeah. Any names that you've been in prison <clears throat> with who were seriously dangerous? Cons. Right. Right. So I can't say his name. Yeah. I can't say his name. But what I will say is he was the only con where I used to think, please, God, let me get home. Let yeah. me get home off this shift tonight. And he was half my size. And he, he couldn't speak a word of English. <clears throat> And the story was the old Bill handed him over, and we got we got uh, briefed on the story. It was at the time just after the nine uh, eleven, so this fucking country was going bananas, raiding every house and all yeah. that. So they raided a house. I think it was up in Manchester. The old Bill raided it, and they couldn't believe their luck. They found the number two Al Qaeda of Europe, yeah. and uh, this geezer was nine stone piss wet through. It was nothing of him. He was trained. I think it was about 30 years of age. He was trained from six years of age in the Afghan camps to be a killing machine, right? So the old Bill jumped him. He hit one old Bill in the groin. Mm. The old Bill, the old, this is what the old Bill told us. Mm. He couldn't move his leg for over half an hour. He knew exactly the point to hit him mm. in the pressure point. He escaped, he wriggled out of their grip, ran down the stairs in the townhouse, could have got, could have got out. Looked in the kitchen, saw the carving knife block, grabbed the carving knife to go and kill all the old Bill upstairs to save his mates, right? They had to pull the knife through his hand. And they said he never blinked. They had to get it out through his hand. So his hand was split. And he said he never blinked. <clears throat> so they got him to the old Bill shop, stripped him naked. You think, what can he do? Typical British police. Mm. <laughs> well, Brit not British police. I'm sorry, the way it said. Typical British. Yeah. Right, you've got a sign for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's our nature, isn't it? But I've got a sight for that, mate. Yeah. So here you go, boom, and he stabs a copper in the eye with a pen. So every sort of second, he was a weapon. Right, right. So I'm a PE instructor in Belmarsh now, and <clears throat> guess what? Whenever he has a legal visit, right, he's got to be taken to visits into a certain room, and guess who's got to take him every time? The PEIs, because we're all the biggest mm -hmm. fuckers, mm -hmm. and uh, we get to take a man to a visit. Crash at shield, arms, arm covers, leg covers. Is that right? Chest, chest cover. Right. So every and he's like nine stone, so he's yeah. kneeled down. He couldn't understand English. You have to bring his hand up behind his head, and he just put on a little bit of tension, and smile at you. <laughs> and this is where you see why well, I have no ego. I was yeah. shitting myself. I think oh, he's going to do something. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. <laughs> it's twenty past five. I've only got ten minutes. <laughs> So, and that was, and I, and I remember thinking, fucking hell, I've been in with some really horrible, not horrible, but tough, m crazy people, mm. Charlie and people like, mm. I've never been this scared. Why? Because there was no, 
there was there was no grey area. There's no boundaries. There was okay. nothing. Yeah, okay. He did not give two fucks if yeah. there was fifteen of you jumping on his head. His mission is to kill you because you're a fucking infidel, and that's the end of it. I don't give two fucks mm. if, how much you hurt me. I mean, yeah, the knife probably he couldn't give yeah. two fucks. Yeah. So there was no fear element with him. Mm. Whereas you might get the other guys and think, fuck me, I've got four fucking, yeah. I've got about 75 stone of fucking PEI behind yeah. me. You've got to flatten me. Mm. He couldn't give a fuck. Okay, okay. So there was no fear element. What was it like, the reaction of other people, like someone him coming into a prison? What was the reaction like from the other prison cons, knowing that he's coming in? Do they know who's coming in? Yeah, um, the word goes around eventually. Okay. But it was, <clears throat> by the time I, this was near the end while I was on the knowledge, doing doing the knowledge. So I was coming to the end of my service. The prisons, we'd now had the, the Good Friday Agreement, so all the IRA had gone. Yeah. So I was really, in a way, I wouldn't call it blessed, but I was, I could see the difference between the IRA network of terrorists Yeah and the Al-Qaeda network of terrorists okay. and compare the two. So now we've got a lot of Muslims inside the prison yeah. and they'll treat them like a hero. You know, so it, it, What's happening in the prisons now? A lot of people converting into Muslim. <clears throat> if it, get, it stops you getting an eye, then you're gone, aren't you? You'll do what you've got to do to survive. I mean, they'll, they'll be wasting their time on people like Kev, Kevin Lane and people mm. like him. He's, Kev's been on the on the po- Ray's been on the podcast, well, and Kev, but Kev did mention there that they're trying to radical, radicalize. Yeah. yeah. So what is so an example? If you're weak, is that what you're saying? If you're a weak con, yeah, they want you in. But that, to be honest with you, they could do that. They were doing that when I was in, not radicalized, but use you. You're a weapon. Yeah. You know, when I first went to Belmarsh, uh, an auxiliary who was doing the canteen had got taken hostage. Because someone was paying a debt to some gangsters. I won't know their name, yeah. their names, but they were paying a debt to some gangsters on the wing. Mm. So the gangsters said, right, we want you to take our hostage. Mm. And your debt's cleared. So was, you could do that with debts anyway. Mm. Sexual favours with debts. Mm. I've seen that done in Whitemore. Mm. You know, so you could do it with debts. You could do it with anything, really. It doesn't it, Their religion is, is, is used for that. I understand that. But the IRA used to do that. Mm. The IRA, do you know what they were good at? They were, they were good at doing that to the prison chaplain. They would put so much. They don't, I've seen prison chaplains, Catholic chaplains, have virtual n- nervous breakdowns because yeah. the IRA were on them mm. all the time to bring stuff in for mm. them and work for them and stuff like that. Fuck. What sort of weapons were being made in prison <clears throat> that you come across? Well, mostly, I mean, mostly you get your knives and stuff, but a weapon is a weapon's that, isn't it? It's yeah. just a weapon's a jug with boiling up water in it and a load of sugar. Have you seen that used on people? Have you? Pull the, sh- pull the, pull the skin Give me an off. example. So someone's got hot water in there, whack sugar in it, and what, the sugar just sticks just and burns? Stand there the, it used to be the hot plate. They don't do it now. They, don't, yeah. they feed at the door now. But you'd just be, you'd just be standing there looking innocent, and then uh, the one he wants to get just comes kind of And that's it. It's just like pour, pouring acid in your face. <sighs> so if you're a black person, it's all the it, skin turns white. It just pulls all your pigment off your skin. I've seen it done, mm. you know. I've seen, like I say, I've seen, I've seen people hurt themselves with. Uh, I'm at one shift. I was end of a shift, and a geezer called me up. It was one of eleven brothers. We had eleven brothers in in the prison. All in at the same time. At the same time. And I won't say all for names. different. All for different. All for different crimes. Right? Just a family of criminals. Wow. Eleven of them. Wow. And uh, one of them called me up. I went, Gav, can I have a word? I went, Yeah, all right. Just can't a banger. It's always a banger. I don't want to go home. And he goes, oh, I just want to show you something. I went, all right, yeah. So I goes, it was all right. Mm. A nice bloke. And he had about seven razor blades there. And he went, what's this? I thought he was going to show me a trick or something. <laughs> he went, put all seven in his mouth and went, I swallowed him. 
than a normal person who go, oh, yeah. I mean, fuck's sake, it's right at the end of my shift. I've <laughs> 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 got to fuck around there getting you to hospital, aren't I? <laughs> he went, just fancied it, I'm bored. Oh, mate. So it's the mental health. It's mad, bored. isn't it? But I've got to tell you, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you one of the most famous stories in Belmarsh. Go on. Which is the jam diet. The now jam, this, the jam diet. The jam diet. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so this story is a true story, and I'll mention the other. In, there was an inmate who was involved in helping me with it. His name is Mickey Guilfoyle, who's a world famous, world famous boxing trainer. Mm. <laughs> right. So Mickey Guilfoyle was our cleaner down the wing, uh, down there, down the gym, <clears throat> and Belmarsh had sent me because I was in charge of the weights room. They sent me on a, a course to do uh, nutrition at Westminster University. So fair enough, I've done all the nutrition because I was running bodybuilding classes at, uh, at Belmarsh with qualifications and everything. So it's Friday and it's late afternoon and I'm going on leave the next day to go to Turkey for two weeks, right? And this geezer's uh, talking to Mick and Mick says, uh, George, you're the diet man, aren't you? I went, <laughs> yeah. He goes, got a geezer in the change room, what's I told you? Like, I said, what about? He went, oh, he's getting out or something. He said he wants to fucking lose weight, drastic, like lively. I went, Mick, I'm, I'm, I'm off in two hours, mate. I fucking don't, I don't need all this. I said, my head's gone. I'm on the beach. <laughs> he went, oh, help him out like this. I went, what's he like? He went, he's all right. Yeah, he said, bit of a lightweight, like he said, but he's all right. I went, I said, come on, let's have a laugh. Like, I said, bring him in like this. So and this is completely off the top of yeah. my head. This, so he comes in and he goes, all right, Gav. Sort me out, yeah? I went, what do you mean sort you out? He went, well, look, I'm out in about fucking six weeks. He said, I'm on a visit. He says, my missus says to me, look at him, fucking arms. He says, big chest. Look at you, fucking flabby. He says, don't you go down the gym. You keep telling me down the gym, fucking stay here. He says, you put it right on me, Gav. He says, right, I visits all. I couldn't believe it. He said, can you help me lose weight? I went, well, you're talking drastic here. I went, you are limited time. He went, mate, he says, I'll do whatever you say. I went, yeah. I said, they'd be bastards. I said, they all say, I'll do whatever you yeah. say. I said, till you tell them something that is cutting edge. And then when you tell them cutting edge, they go, oh, I'm not doing that. How, how much do you want it? He went, mate, I'll do whatever you tell me. I'll do it right now. He says, I'll be right on it and I won't, I won't change. I went, right. There's a new diet out in America. I said, and it is going all over the country. It's going bananas out there. I said, you ain't heard of it because you're banged up. I said, but it's fucking mental. What is it? I went, it's the jam diet. He went, fucking jam diet. I mean, fuck. I went, there you go. I said, typical uneducated person. Mm. I said, the typical response, jam diet, I ain't doing it. You don't want it enough. He went, well, tell me about it. I went, right. I said, each body, <coughs> I said, and it's given to you by genetics. I said, I'm making all this up on the spot. <laughs> given to you by genetics, of course. I said, but each body has got its own pH system. I said, that's that's to neutralise acid. I said, <clears throat> now, what does acid do? I said, if I've got a pound of fat like that, and I poured acid on it, I said, what would happen to that fat? He went, we'll melt it. Right. I said, your body, by holding on to so much fat, has not got enough acid in it. I said, you've actually got a pH system that is not letting the acid work. <laughs> it's like a light bulb gone on. He's gone. I get it. Yeah, go on. Tell me more. I went, right, so what you've got to do is, I said, so there's your system there. There's the pH level. There's your acid. I said, you've got to do that and get the acid level up. I said, so that this is neutralised. Now the acid can do its job, go around your body, burning fat. 
you can burn fat at rest. Mate, that's fucking amazing. How do I do it? I went, but obviously, if you was on the out, it'll be written down and fucking, you'd have all tables in front of you. I said, we can't do that. I said, you've got to eat as much fucking jam as you can get your hands on. <laughs> he went, just jam. I went, mate, you've got to buy jam, chore jam, borrow jam. I said, I don't give a fuck how you get it. You've got to be shoveling that shit down your face all day. I said, as much as you can fucking do. I said, and you will watch it will just drop off you. Oh, mate, thanks, Gav. This is fucking, I can't fucking mm. wait to start. You know when you're on a yeah, new yeah, diet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got to really do it. I never, I honestly thought he'd go out of the wing and have a second thought. But I've gone, oh, fucked off. No, I've gone to Turkey. I've come back two weeks. I'm in the gym. In the morning, and Mickey's sitting there pissing himself laughing. Mickey Guilford, our gym orderly. I went, what laughing at? He went, that fucking geezer's coming down here this morning. I went, what geezer? He went, oh, it's gone. Yeah. He went, don't you remember the jam diet? I went, he never. He went, mate, he's on my wing. He said, he's a fucking headache. He said, he was going around people's doors. Let's have a bit of your jam, mate. Said, Salt us out some jam. Going up the hot plate. Put a bit of extra jam on me rice pudding, will you? Jam, jam, jam. He said, all he was fucking eating was jam. I went, Mick, what's he like? He went, you wait, you see him, George. <laughs> you wait, you see him. Like I went, oh, fucking hell. I said, I'm coming here. He went, he ain't happy like this. So I'm standing there and you can hear them all coming down into the, into the changing rooms. And I can hear, where is he? Where's that fucking screw? Where's that fucking screw? I'm like this for a cup of tea against the filing cabinet. He comes walking in. He goes, look at me. <laughs> Fucking look at me! That is. What? Fucking what? He said, I've nearly put on a stone. It's a fucking smothering zits. He said, Mum, Mrs. Beats, I'm a fucking skaggard. You fucking bastard! That is. I'm fucking rolling up. Mickey's crying. I went, Well, let's have it right. I said, if you think eating fucking jam is going to make you lose weight, you are the biggest mug in this prison. <laughs> and you know what he done? He went, Gav, what's your first name? I went, George. He went, George, put it there. <laughs> he said, that is the best fucking joke anyone's Quality. ever played on. Quality. <laughs> and that's a side of prison yeah. people don't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George, I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> I didn't know if you would. Mate, you have I've proper really, stars on here, don't mate, you? Mate, I've known, mate. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks, mate. This has been fascinating. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's it's good for people to hear the other side. That's really what I want to do because I, I just made a Channel Five documentary, and they did pay all right. And I said to them, "I'll do it, but if all you want is blood and guts, no. I'm not interested." Yeah. I said because I've got mates who are still in the prison service doing good jobs. Yeah. I says, and it's not like that. Mm. Look, you're always going to get, and I know even on this, you, you're on YouTube or whatever, you'll get people hating me. Pete, George, I'll get me. two fucked. George, hold me there. People are going to love you. <laughs> I get, I've done 200 episodes now. Right. The biggest stars, the biggest, this, naughty people, entrepreneurs, sports people, celebrities. This I'm is no real. Tough man. No, no, this is real. Yeah. And this is really nice to hear. And I think everyone listening out there on, or watching on YouTube or listening on Apple and Spotify are going to really enjoy this. Good. And you know what I love about it? We've had a wicked chat. You're humble. You're a black cabbie or a pink cabbie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone out there in London... Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> anyone out there in London, you see a pink cab, go and have a chat to George. Go and have George. I've loved this, mate. Lovely. You're a gentleman. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, Thank you very and much. you, mate. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you very really much. Really enjoyed it, mate. Good Terrific. man. Thanks, you, mate.